AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And today we're joined by Walker Ornstein of MinPost as we are going to be talking about rural broadband expansion in Minnesota. Because at least uh, this, for me, this is an issue I have been following for a while, probably well over a decade. I remember starting to follow this back in like 2011 and 2012. And I remember even back then, so many Minnesotans were talking about how we need to expand broadband to everywhere in Minnesota and especially rural areas. Well, lo and behold, thanks to the recent federal infrastructure bill, that could possibly become a reality in Minnesota, but the emphasis on possibly. So joining us now to talk about that is Walker Orenstein of MinPost as he joins us now. Hey, Walker, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So this idea of rural broadband, this caught my idea here in Minnesota and also uh, my first ever radio job in a small town of Atlantic, Iowa, because that was one of the areas that also really lacked having high speed Internet. But like I said, part of this infrastructure bill does include $42 billion to help with rural broadband access across the country. But we do have a lot of questions as to when that money could arrive and who's going to be able to access it and what types of speeds Minnesotans who are currently underserved by internet access might be getting. So I guess, Walker, my first question is, how exactly are we breaking down which or which states are getting this $42 billion? How much of it are they going to be getting? And is this specific money that is earmarked by the feds or the states pretty much get to decide where, you know, they get a certain amount of money and the feds basically say, spend that money and make rural broadband work. So I'm, I'm curious about this breakdown of the $42 billion at the federal level and how this kind of works. Yeah, absolutely. So when the, you know, the federal law passed here, um, every state was guaranteed at least a hundred million dollars. And that's all we knew for quite a while, but we knew every state would get a lot more probably in most cases based on need and the federal government had to determine need. So they had to do some work on mapping, you know, where there is and isn't broadband according to their definitions of adequate service. And, you know, mapping of broadband availability is always a bit of a rocky task, I find. Seems like there's a, it always takes a while. There's you know people get to challenge here or there. Oh, we have broadband service there, so you can't put subsidies in, so we don't double up. You know, it's, it's a kind of a complicated endeavor. So eventually, they finished the mapping and they came out with you know final numbers for how much every state would get. Uh, Minnesota is in line for 652 million dollars, um, which is a pretty darn big amount. Um, it's enormous in the scale of the types of broadband investment Minnesota has seen in the past, both from the federal government and from state lawmakers. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, a little more middle of the pack nationally, number 29 nationally, um, proportionally less compared to our population. You know, uh, I think part of that is just simply that we are a little bit better in our current state of broadband than other places. And so, um, but it, it is still a whopping amount of money, I would say. Um, and, the money will flow through Minnesota's Office of Broadband Development. So it's an existing program at DEED, uh, the Department of Employment and Economic Development here in Minnesota. Um, and they are pretty, they have, I guess, a, a long history of spending broadband grants in Minnesota, especially using state dollars. Um, and, so, you know, there's a broadband task force that sort of informs the state's 
work, but this is basically almost like a sub-agency within DEED that's pretty focused on this. So they tend to know what they're doing in terms of handing out broadband money. And I think uh, for a lot of people in Minnesota, they they were happy to see and, in fact, breathe a sigh of relief that state officials with Office of Broadband Development would be the ones, you know, there's, uh, you know, handling the money. There are definitely federal kind of rules and guidelines around, you know, where the money might go or in what types of ways. But generally speaking, you know, it's the state officials who, you know, have the hand on the steering wheel. Well, this is not the first time that the state has received a large influx of cash to try to help with expanding broadband to make it more universal. As a few years ago, we actually got, I believe, $400 million for rural broadband, but uh, things didn't go so well back then. And in fact, this is something you wrote about with this small company called LTD that was supposed to develop rural broadband across Minnesota. But unfortunately with for them, they had some problems with the fact that the, uh, they were a smaller company and they didn't have a lot of experience uh, dealing uh, with wired internet. They were mostly kind of a wireless company. So this was interesting to read about because you, you linked to the article you wrote a few years ago talking about some of the potential problems with LTD. So I'm wondering if there's any concerns with this right now of what Minnesota is going to be doing to try to make sure they don't have the same thing happen uh, this year that happened with LTD uh, a few years ago when we received a large influx of broadband cash and then things unfortunately didn't quite go so well where even the FCC revoked some of that money that was supposed to go to LTD. Yeah, absolutely. You know, of the 400 plus million dollars that was kind of earmarked for Minnesota, this was under a different program, the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. It's uh, run through the FCC. Um, but, you know, they, you know, decided to spend all this money in Minnesota. 311 of it, 311 million of it was going to go to LTD broadband. And LTD basically got that award through what's called a reverse auction system. And the way they run those is, you know, you, you as a company or, or a developer will bid on, you know, a census tract or an area of Minnesota and say, I can serve this area with this amount of government subsidy. And someone else can bid lower than you and say, I can serve this area with even less amount of government subsidy. And so the idea behind it is it, it, uh, it's supposed to save taxpayer money, you know, kind of stretch dollars um, into providing service and, and getting people in a competition where they can say, I'll serve more with less, essentially. Um, But kind of what happened in this instance is this pretty small company, a little experience in this fiber optic cable, as you mentioned, uh, won all these awards, and they won a ton nationally, you know, all across the country, I think upwards of a billion dollars. And in a lot of states, they've since been basically booted from having that money. They came under state investigation here. Um, Eventually, its awards in Minnesota were revoked by the FCC, and if I remember, revoked everywhere across the country. Um, and the company has always maintained that it could do this work, but you know, state officials, federal officials, they just weren't sold on the idea that this, they actually had the ability to deliver on this. Um, and so the problem there is, you know, one, that money is in limbo. It's not necessarily just coming right back to Minnesota. But two, you know, in the meantime, we've spent years, you know, investigating and working on this looking at their finances, all this stuff, and all that just serves to delay here. So I guess there's a few key differences um, with this current program. So the new one, as I mentioned, it it runs through the state officials, and the state officials have done this broadband grant program of their own for a long time. So they have a better sense, um, a lot of people in this world feel, 
of who can actually do the job and who can't do the job. And that's not necessarily like they just hand out the money to like, hey, I like you, here's the money, right? But it's not the sort of reverse auction system necessarily. Um, it doesn't seem like that will be a major part of this kind of handing out of the money. So state officials have a hand on it. And I will just say that there's also some clawback safeguards in the law that are meant to sort of, you know, yank back the money. LTD case, that money wasn't lost into the ether either. It's not like they spent it. But nevertheless, um, like Senator Amy Klobuchar said, that she was kind of worried by this LTD experience. And so she wanted some legislation to, you know, account for that and worry about people who can't, who overpromise and underdeliver. I'm curious about this too, just focusing on some of the companies that might be helping build this rural broadband, because oftentimes when people might be reading this in the news, all right, well, Minnesota's getting X amount of money and it'll be the government that goes out and builds this rural broadband. And as we've been talking about, that's really not the case. It's some of these private companies that get a chance. Uh, do we know what types of pri- private companies might be getting the money coming up in the future? Is Would this be bigger companies, you know, like a cable company like Comcast or maybe someone like CenturyLink? Or, or is this kind of a mix of big companies and small companies? I'm kind of curious about that part, too. Yeah, hard to say this far ahead of time. You know, I, I think it's a competitive grant program. And so it's, it, it is really we just won't know until we know. Right. But I think it's likely. I mean, just having watched this and how the state hands out grants for years, it's probably likely that it'll be a mix of a certain amount of things like, uh, you know, um, it's possible that someone wins the, the most amount by a good margin or something like that, but I think it'll be a mix. And so when I say mix, it's, uh, you know, everything from a century link, you know, maybe a Comcast. I don't see them as much in this space. Usually as, um, they're kind of in the more of the metro area, generally speaking, but, um, uh, you know, century link, uh, there are a lot of like rural electric cooperatives that do this type of work, Arrowhead electric, um, you know, Paul Bunyan, um, there are a bunch of that sort of stuff. Um, there are a lot of smaller telecom companies that do this kind of work and will bite off, you know, pieces here and there. Um, these projects are usually kind of done often in conjunction with local officials um, and with the state broadband dollars in the past. And so, like, you know, you might get help from a county um, that pitches in some money and works with a developer that they know. Um, so it really can be a all sorts of a mix. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of other companies to name, but um, you kind of get the idea. There's there's a range of you know everything from small to mid-sized companies and even rural electric cooperatives. So um, like I said, don't know who's going to get the money, but those kind of folks will likely be in the mix. So when can Minnesota expect to get our share of that federal money? And when can we kind of expect some of this work to be uh, getting done? Because as I understand it, it could be a few more years before we start seeing some real tangible impacts from this money that's going to be invested. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the broadband money was actually approved by the federal government two years ago, right? But then we've got to do the mapping. We've got to do all this sort of step-by-step-by-step process. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of delay. Um, And so right now, even, you know, the state has to, like, write plans for how they're going to use the money, have it approved by the federal government. So Bree Mackey, who uh, is director of the Office of Broadband Development, told us it's safe to assume federal dollars won't actually be in the ground until 2025. So it still could be a little while. Um, she described that as a conservative estimate. You know, it's kind of possible there's maybe a little bit or a little bit earlier, and then, you know, it kind of comes over time. And certainly I don't think the state will be able to say they even got all that money in one one go. Here's all the cash. 
there's no way I don't think that they could sort of deploy it all in one year. You know, this stuff, you know, you have to, there's only a certain amount of companies, there's only a certain amount of workers, there's only a certain amount of supplies. And so even in the past when state lawmakers have been approving money for broadband, they've debated like how much money could we even put in in a, in a two-year time span. So I think it's safe to say it'll be spent over the course of a few years. Um, and one notable thing about that is we've got some broadband speed goals for 2026 that are set in state law. They're just goals, but they do guide Minnesota sort of how we act and how we spend and how we, you know, kind of dole out grants and things like that. And so this federal money, though, again, ton of money um, will not really arrive in time. And there's some other complications, but they won't really arrive in time um, to help us meet that goal. I mean, it may help us meet that goal, but we aren't in line currently to meet that goal for universal access by 2026 to the state's broadband speed goals. Well, there's another interesting aspect that goes into this, too, that you had a chance to write about in your article, why Minnesota is unlikely to meet its broadband expansion goals on time despite an influx of federal cash. Make sure you find that over at minpost.com. And that's the fact that the federal government and the state government here in Minnesota have different definitions of high-speed Internet. So let's talk about how they are different and what that could mean for possibly doling out that money. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little bit complicated in regulatory talk here, but, um, you know, Minnesota has two speed goals in state law. Um, and one of them was for, uh, internet speeds with, uh, it's uh, 25 by three is how they refer to it. It's like upload speeds of 25 uh, megabits per second, download speeds of three megabits per second, um, by 2024. Um, and I may have flipped that actually, I think it's download speeds of 25, but Anyway, you get the point. So um, we missed that goal. It was actually 2022. I'm sorry. I'm mixing things up. But anyway, we had a lower speed goal, and now we've got the higher speed goal, which is 100 megabits per second of upload and 20 megabits per second of download by 2026. So that's currently kind of the goal that Minnesota is working towards. And honestly, even state officials have been deciding, like, do we need faster speeds even? Um, 100 by 20 is pretty darn fast. You know, I don't think anybody needs 100 by 20 just to stream Netflix, but state officials will talk about, you know, it's really crucial for modern day kind of business work, really difficult work, um, or even just, yeah, your everyday kind of, you know, important uh, things that you do on the internet um, to have, you know, really the infrastructure for these faster speeds. So that's our goal. The feds are still kind of operating on a 25 by three goal. And that's what they count as served, um, served by adequate broadband. And so they believe that the $652 million that they're sending to Minnesota is enough to cover the whole state. And that's because, you know, the number of served people is fewer than what the state believes is served. So, you know, they've basically have a count of about 134,000 unserved businesses and households at the federal government. If you're using the faster speed goals in Minnesota, it's 291,000. So we've just got further ways to go in the eyes of the state, and that kind of leads to a discrepancy there. Um, it does complicate kind of how we spend the money because the feds, you know, they don't really want you spending money in areas they believe are already served by, you know, a, a company that can offer speeds at 25 by 3. And so by contrast, Minnesota would very much like to go in and put in infrastructure in some of those places where, they have only access to 25 by three. So it leads to a little bit of a, of a crunch, but definitely there are plenty of places in which they don't have either 
and then the state will be putting in infrastructure, it's my understanding, at the higher speed um, in areas where they can go in with the federal money. So, And the state has its own pool of money. You know, lawmakers approved $100 million uh, earlier this year for the broadband program. That money can be used to put in, you know, anywhere they, they want under state definition and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's a bit complicated, but the upshot is you know, we've got higher speed goals. That leads to a bit of a wrinkle. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out as this money gets doled out over the next few years and to see if we can finally reach that goal of having universal broadband in Minnesota. But as we've been talking about, there still could be some challenges with this. But you can read more about what Rocker wrote on this over uh, at MinPost.com. Title of the article, Why Minnesota is Unlikely to Meet Its Broadband Expansion Goals on Time Despite an Influx of Federal Cash. As we have been speaking with Walker Orenstein, the author of that article over at MinPost. Again, make sure you find that at minpost.com. Walker, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. All right, let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.